everyone. Susan Finch here, your host for Rooted in Revenue. And what started out as what was supposed to be a 25 or 30 minute conversation with Melissa Agnes turned into this wonderful deep dive, especially on our third point. So I've saved the third point for a separate episode to have on Rooted in Revenue. And the topic of this one is going to be how to get ahead of high emotional relatability when you can never overcome emotion with pure logic. We talk about a very real story, very intimate story, and then we get on to how to apply this at the corporate level and to make it part of your strategy for crisis readiness. So let's get back to the show with Melissa, part two of my initial interview with her. Glad you're here. everybody. We're back. This is Susan Finch with Rooted in Revenue on the Funnel Radio Network. And my guest today is Melissa Agnes. And we are talking about crisis readiness, not how do you respond in the heat of the moment? How do you not botch it up? But how do you avoid having those major flubs, the major fails on a regular basis and give your team peace of mind because everybody is ready and comfortable and confident on how to handle any situation because you have all been trained the same way, you all have the same plan, you have the same resources and goals. Melissa, I'm so glad to have you here today. I'm so glad to be here. Look at the Me Too movement. That was a societal, I'm not going to call it a trend, but a societal movement where we decided as a society in North America, we said enough is enough for discrimination in the workplace. And it's it's not just gender. We're also seeing it as racial. We're also seeing it. We're just enough is enough for discrimination. And if you aren't at a level of crisis readiness as a baseline, you're going to miss the opportunity and the risk mitigation that you need to do and or the risk mitigation that you need to do with that new societal movement because you're just, you're not at that capacity. So for example, now this is, do you have a culture that says, that instinctively says, hey, we're seeing this shift in society or we're seeing this shift in our industry or in our sector or regionally. And what does that mean for us? Does that bring to the surface a new risk, amplify a risk that already existed that makes it now more prevalent? And does it also potentially present an opportunity for us to position ourselves as a leader within that movement in a very, very positive way that connects us closer on the values from a values perspective to those who matter most to our business. You can't even begin to start asking these questions on something that's so prevalent and something that has such profound potential risk to your organization, to your brand, until you've reached that culture of you're doing this type of assessment intrinsically. Interesting piece of that, I just experienced this last night, at a very micro level with an individual, and this is a teen. So this, okay. is a, this is something that what you're saying can apply to, to me, people just coming up in the world. Absolutely. The teams, to learn how to do this ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Because I've watched this young man, good, 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 good person. But because, truly because of the Me Too movement, the backlash and how they, these girls spun this, mm-hmm to suit their purposes without anything because they wanted their candidate to win something at the high school level rather than this one. Wow. Because they, they liked him better because he matched them better. 
And so they accuse the other one, oh, you can't, you know, support a racist. Like, what? You can't support that because he's racist. And like, where's this evidence? And even the, you know, like the, like, it's a white kid, black student union supported this young man. But these girls were so fervent on social media without any evidence and getting this whirlpool going, this firestorm of defamation of character online of this young man. That is a beautiful segment into overcoming emotion. Yes. Relate emotional relatability. Oh man, that's a beautiful segue. segue. We can't overcome emotion with logic because it just that's just not how we work as human beings. And what do you do when something is potentially even irrational, but it's so, and it, there's, to your point, there's no proof, there's no data, there's no, it's, there's no logic. It is purely driven by emotional relatability. How do you overcome that in a way that allows you to de-escalate, not have reputational or bottom line impact as a result, long-term material impact, um, and overcome it. And then also resonate with those that you need to resonate with so that you can truly, truly under, uh, overcome it and it has no lingering long-term impact. That's extremely challenging to, to do. And so there's two things that your team needs to be this, and this goes back to that cultural component. Your team needs to be able to intrinsically do one is detect the likelihood of something. Let's call it going vi- go viral against your organization, and viral is contextual. So viral is it can be global for months or for hours or for minutes. It could also be local, but it spreads to those who matter to your business. So it's viral to you. It's in it's in context with what viral means to you and the impact. You want to make sure that your team understands what makes something go viral so that if a situation happens that because you're close to it, because you know the logical answers to it, that it's not logical or that it's not actually factually true, that you can still detect whether this has a likelihood of going viral. Because just because something is real doesn't make it true, but it context or uh, perception is everything. What somebody perceives is their truth. Understanding that it's emotional, it's an emotionally compelling story, right? Emotion that is highly relatable and easy to share. But today everything is easy to share. Um, So that kind of factors into everything. But the it's that relatability piece. So that is either missing when it doesn't go viral and is very, very prevalent when it does go viral. So being able to detect that, is this highly emotional? Is this highly relatable through that emotion? So basically it's asking yourself, if you see something online or you hear a story or you watch a video or whatever it is, and it touches you profound to one of your core emotions and you know that by sharing it it is going to relate that emotion is going to be relatable by everybody you share it with what are you likely to do for me i always take a look at the impact okay most people don't most people see this as oh my goodness this touches me i need to share this that's the society that we live in right now no and, and it's, so it's damaging. It's damaging, but that's the, so if you feel something and you know that those you share it with, are going to feel that same thing. You're going to share it. They're going to share it. It's going to continue. And right. that's that vicious cycle, vicious cycle of virality Right. that leads to long-term potential impact. So being able to detect when something is highly emotionally relatable and responding to it in a way where you overcome that leads to the second part. And I have a crisis ready rule, of course, for, or formula actually for this, you have to respond 
in this, uh, with this sequence. So first, you validate the emotion. You have to validate the emotion because if we bring that back to a human standpoint, which is business is about human relationships and crisis management is about those same human relationships. Humans are the common denominator across every single field and industry and sector and business. When you are upset about something, let's use upset as an example. If you don't have your feelings validated, if you don't feel heard or understood, you're never going to let logic in. Ever. And you can look at it from if you get into, a, into an argument with a loved one, you know that if that person doesn't feel heard, you're just going to keep banging heads. You're never going to get through to each other. So validate, find a way to validate the emotion. People are allowed to feel the way they feel and make that clear in some very, uh, in, with your actions and your communications. So once you've done that, then relate to them on that on that basis. So you can say, as an example, what matters to you has always mattered to us, right? So you're not just saying we hear you, we understand you, we validate you and what you feel, but what you feel is actually in alignment with what matters to us. So you're validating and uh, you're validating and then you're relating to that emotion. And then you can come in with the proof and the logic. And you can say, here is either what we're committed to doing moving forward, or here are the statistics and the studies and the science going backwards, or here, whatever it is. When it's high emotional relatability, which is what you want to detect, in order to get into people's minds to reach that logical side, you have to go in through the heart. That's the only way they're going to truly let you in. And so training your team, that goes to crisis readiness, that goes to the cultural component, that goes to a skill set that is learnable and needs to be rehearsed and needs to be practiced and needs to be honed through simulations and exercises and different things in order to truly be able to be in a position where in a worst case scenario, in a highly emotionally relatable situation that you can speak to and resonate with the people who matter most to your business so that you quickly de-escalate the situation in a way where that emotional impact is not going to be a long is not going to present long-term material impact. That's where the the two key pieces though in that are knowing it to your core be, mm. but believing it. Mm-hmm. Because people will read right through a script, they oh, will read absolutely. right through the BS and they will know that all you're trying to do is bullshit them. Yep. Absolutely. And then that's, and then what? That's the opposite of validation. That's making mockery of, that is condescending. That is just all of, it's, but it goes back to your values. So the strongest ties to your brand with your stakeholders are values based. So oftentimes when something goes viral in a negative way, it's because people either perceive it to go against their values and oftentimes it's because those are the values that tied them to you. So that's why they're so upset. That's why they're so disappointed. That's why they're appalled, whatever it is. If your values are not true to who you are as a company, to your culture, then, you know, you don't, (laughs) you don't deserve it. Um, And your values are something else, but own that, right? So for example, Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A is a very Christian-based company, and they've shown that time and time again, and they have had moments where they refused to serve people that were in disalignment with what they deem as their values. The rest of the world can see that as discriminatory and unacceptable, but it's always been true. I'm I'm not commenting on whether it is or isn't. That's not the point of this. 
those that lens has been true to their values and their company has been built on those values. So all along. responding all along. And so by remaining true to those, we can disagree with them and we can eat elsewhere. Right. They don't care right. if we eat elsewhere <laughs> because they're aligned with the people that share those values. It's when you go counter to that that you create the most impact, um, damaging impact. Yes. Because controversy, is, which is what we're talking about, is polarizing. So when a controversy hits, it's going to polarize no matter what. You are going yes. to segregate your audience no matter what. It is remaining in alignment with your values and understanding how to speak and respond to emotional relatability in alignment with those values that you will mitigate the maximum amount of segregation. You will still segregate. You still will polarize, but you want to, you want to minimize that, right? And you're going to lose the people who are in disalignment with that, who don't share those values. And if those values are true to who you are, that's, that should be okay. I think that's huge. It's It's, the part of making it, if you know your core values, and I go through this in my own business, I have certain, like, I'm sorry, I can't have you for my client. Yep. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I'm, you know, I wish you well. Do you have somebody to recommend? Nope, I don't because I know the people that I would recommend you to and you do not fit them. Yep. And that should be okay for them and for you. And the same with me. I, crisis management is my thing. I can't tell you how many organizations I've turned around because they were in crisis and I knew I could get them out of it, but I didn't want to. Not because I wish them harm, but because I didn't want that on my conscience. The impact of the good that I could do was not actually good in my, to my value, right? And I wish them well. I just know that I'm not the right fit for them. And that's in alignment with who I am and staying true to who I am. And that's okay. That's okay for me. And that's okay for them. When I first started my business, you know, we all say this, oh, everybody's my client, you know, could be my client. And as you get better and stronger and more confident, you realize no, and it's okay that they aren't. Yes. And I prefer that they aren't. And there are people that are for them. Yeah. Being true to you is really important. Being true to your brand is really important. And being true to the people you serve in alignment with that is really, really important. I find when I say no in those situations, I'm proud of myself. Absolutely. And you open up the space for something that is truly in alignment with you to come into play, to come, to come into that space. Exactly. And it, it does, it always, it might be a hiccup or something, but it always Mm -hmm. turns out better Mm -hmm. long-term and the clients stay forever. And you know, that goes to kind of bringing it back to listeners, to the individual listeners. We're talking about values of an organization, but let's look at values. So I have professionals that come to me and they say, you know, I see you on stage or I've read your book and the company that I work with or work for does not align with that. And I don't understand, or it's frustrating or it's this or it's that. And yesterday um, I was speaking with a student and who has strong She's incredible. She's really incredible. She has strong capacity um, moving forward in her career. And one of the things I said and say consistently when it's appropriate is you can be in, and I've seen it, you can be in an organization and you can want them to be crisis ready and you can want them to get to that level and in alignment with the values of crisis readiness, of the crisis ready model and everything that that stands for. um, And be butting heads and try and try and try. And at what point, and this is only a question that that every individual can answer for themselves, at what point does that organization just not align with you? And that energy, that beautiful energy 
could be, should be applied to an organization that's more worthy in alignment with your core values. And that's something that I see as a frustrating point for many professionals who work in toxic cultures who align with the values of crisis readiness, want to bring that forth, but can't. And that energy that consumes them is very dark and very disturbing and very unproductive and hurtful, harmful. And so you have to be able to stay at some point they're just, it's like being in a relationship, right? This mm-hmm. relationship just isn't the right fit for me. Mm-hmm. And if I veer, if I take myself out of that energy, I'm going to open the space for, and I will be able to do this work that impassions me. I want to help an organization become crisis ready, find the organization that is worthy of that effort. And that will reward you and fulfill you for that effort. Um, and that's something that I see a lot of professionals in the wrong types of workspace environments for them struggle with. So validating that for yourself and being okay with that. Yes. Um, permitting yourself that is, is important. I see people just like they do in bad relationships. I see them repeat it too. Yeah. And over and it's over. hard Think to, they can fix it because they want to. to, they want to help because that's their nature. They're good. And, but that goes back to that audit, doing an mm-hmm. audit within yourself, stepping back and looking yes. at your patterns and what does it take to break those patterns for your own health. <laughs> and, and then we're going into re- very profound life lessons. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I want to, we're running low on time. So I want to wrap this up. Folks, I can't encourage you enough to go to Melissa's site and sign up for anything she offers because the guides are helpful. You can implement them today. You can start looking at things and changing for the positive, how you do things for yourself and for your company. If you just take two or like two of these guides, even one of her guides that she is willing to give you for free without asking for all this information from you, without asking for your firstborn, she just lets you have it. And I appreciate that as well because what she is reiterating is building that trust with you before she asks you for anything. <laughs> she just wants to give it to you. So Melissa, tell people how to find you. Absolutely. Uh, MelissaAgnes.com is the easiest way. Everything is there. You'll find a link to the book is on Amazon. If you want bulk orders for your team, then just reach out to me and I'll get you in touch with my publisher. I get you some bulk discounts. MelissaAgnes.com. Yeah. And to your point, Susan, tons of resources, hundreds of resources on MelissaAgnes.com. Because for me, it's not about, I envision a crisis ready world where every organization is held accountable by themselves and by those who need to hold them accountable to the people that they serve. And that's what I'm striving to achieve. So every day it's how can I, what can I do today to empower and to help and to educate professionals to create their own space of crisis readiness within their own world. Because collectively, I think that that would create, or not I think, I know that that would create a kinder, safer, more balanced world. And that's the point of everything that I do. So yes, tons of free resources at melissaagnes.com. And if anybody has any questions, reach out to me, melissa at melissaagnes.com, and I respond to everybody. So I appreciate that. That's one of the things that I like so much about you with our first visit is it is the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. It's starting in our own little corners, guys. And transforming the world starting here. Yep. And we all have the power to do that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It doesn't have to be such a big concept that we can all just blow it off or talk about it in esoteric type of concepts. Yep. Agreed. It's actionable. Yes. Just choose, make the choice. Absolutely. One small step in the right direction every day is monumental. 
Oh, thank you so much, Melissa. This has been Susan Finch on Rooted in Revenue on the Funnel Radio Network. You can find out more and look at my past episodes at rootedinrevenue.com. You can also go to funnelradio.com to see all of the shows that our network produces. And there are some fantastic ones that stream live every Wednesday and Thursday. So thank you again. And again, rootedinrevenue.com. I'm Susan Finch, and this was Melissa Agnes, my wonderful guest. Never miss an episode. Check out rootedinrevenue.com and subscribe on the site to get weekly updates of when new episodes come out or find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. We want to be where you are. So go subscribe. We'll get you all the information you need to do your best with marketing of events and your online presence.